Chapter Twenty Four of Elsie Venner. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. Elsie Venner by Oliver Wendell Holmes. Chapter Twenty Four On His Track. Abel, said the old doctor one morning after you've harnessed caustic come into the study a few minutes will you abel nodded he was a man of few words and he knew that the will you did not require an answer being the true new england way of rounding the corners of an employer's order a tribute to the personal independence of an american citizen the hired man came into the study in the course of a few minutes his face was perfectly still and he wanted to be spoken to but the doctor's eye detected a certain meaning in his expression which looked as if he had something to communicate well said the doctor he's up to mischief of some kind i guess said abel i just happened down by the mansion house last night and he come out at the gate on that queer-looking creator of his i watched him and he read very slow all round by the institute and acted as if he was spyin about he looks to me like a man that's calculatin to do some kind of ill turn to somebody i shouldn't like to have him round me if there wasn't a pitchfork or an eel spear or some such weapon within reach he may be all right but i don't like his looks and i don't see what he's lurkin round the institute for after folks is abed have you watched him pretty close for the last few days said the doctor well yes i've had my eye on him considerable of the time i have to be pretty shy about it or he'll find out that i'm on his tracks i don't want him to get a spite against me if i can help it he looks to me like one of them kind that carries what they call slung shot and hits ye on the side of the head with em so sudden ye never know what hurt ye why said the doctor sharply have you ever seen him with any such weapon about him well no i can't say that i have abel answered only he looks kind o dangerous maybe he's all just as he ought to be i can't say that he ain't but he's out late nights and lurkin round just as if he was spyin somebody and somehow i can't help mistrustin them portugee lookin fellows i can't keep the run of this chap all the time but i've a notion that old black woman down to the mansion house knows as much about him as anybody the doctor paused a moment after hearing this report from his private detective and then got into his chase and turned caustic's head in the direction of the dudley mansion he had been suspicious of dick from the first he did not like his mixed blood nor his looks nor his ways he had formed a conjecture about his projects early he had made a shrewd guess as to the probable jealousy dick would feel of the schoolmaster had found out something of his movements and had cautioned mr bernard as we have seen he felt an interest in the young man a student of his own profession an intelligent and ingenuously unsuspecting young fellow who had been thrown by accident 
into the companionship or the neighborhood of two persons one of whom he knew to be dangerous and the other he believed instinctively might be capable of crime the doctor rode down to the dudley mansion solely for the sake of seeing old sophy he was lucky enough to find her alone in her kitchen he began talking with her as a physician he wanted to know how her rheumatism had been the shrewd old woman saw through all that with her little beady black eyes it was something quite different he had come for and old sophy answered very briefly for her aches and ails old folks bones ain't like young folks she said it's the lord's doin's and tain't much matter i shan't be long round this kitchen it's the young missus doctor it's our elsie it's the baby as we used to call her don't you remember doctor seventeen year ago and her poor mother cryin for her where is she where is she let me see her and how i run upstairs i could run then and got the coral necklace and put it round her little neck and then showed her to her mother and how her mother looked at her and looked and then put out her poor thin fingers and lifted the necklace and fell right back on her pillar as white as though she was laid out to bury the doctor answered her by silence and a look of grave assent he had never chosen to let old sophie dwell upon these matters for obvious reasons the girl must not grow up haunted by perpetual fears and prophecies if it were possible to prevent it well how has elsie seemed of late he said after this brief pause the old woman shook her head then she looked up at the doctor so steadily and searchingly that the diamond eyes of elsie herself could hardly have pierced more deeply the doctor raised his head by his habitual movement and met the old woman's look with his own calm and scrutinizing gaze sharpened by the glasses through which he now saw her sophie spoke presently in an awed tone as if telling a vision we shall be having trouble before long this is something comin from the lord i've had dreams doctor it's many a year i've been a dreamin but now they're comin over and over the same thing three times i've dreamed one thing doctor one thing and what was that the doctor said with that shade of curiosity in his tone which a metaphysician would probably say is an index of a certain tendency to belief in the superstition to which the question refers i can justly tell you what it was doctor the old woman answered as if bewildered and trying to clear up her recollections but it was something fearful with a great noise and a great cryin of people like the last day doctor the lord have mercy on my poor child and take care of her if anything happens but i's feared she'll never live to see the last day if it don't come pretty quick poor sophie only the third generation from cannibalism was not unnaturally somewhat confused in her theological notions some of the second advent preachers had been about and circulated their predictions among the kitchen population of rockland this was the way in which it happened that she mingled her fears in such a strange manner with their doctrines the doctor answered solemnly that of the day and hour we knew not but it became us to be always ready 
is there anything going on in the household different from common old sophy's wrinkled face looked as full of life and intelligence when she turned it full upon the doctor as if she had slipped off her infirmities and years like an outer garment all those fine instincts of observation which came straight to her from her savage grandfather looked out of her little eyes she had a kind of faith that the doctor was a mighty conjurer who if he would could bewitch any of them she had relieved her feelings by her long talk with the minister but the doctor was the immediate adviser of the family and had watched them through all their troubles perhaps he could tell them what to do she had but one real object of affection in the world this child that she had tended from infancy to womanhood troubles were gathering thick round her how soon they would break upon her and blight or destroy her no one could tell but there was nothing in all the catalogue of terrors which might not come upon the household at any moment her own wits had sharpened themselves in keeping watch by day and night and her face had forgotten its age in the excitement which gave life to its features doctor old sophy said there's strange things goin on here by night and by day i don't like that man that dick i never liked him he give me something of these to get on i take em cause i know it make him mad if i no take em i wear em so that he needn't feel as if i didn't like him but doctor i hate him just as much as a member of the church has the lord's leave to hate anybody her eyes sparkled with the old savage light as if her ill-will to mr richard venner might perhaps go a little farther than the christian limit she had assigned but remember that her grandfather was in the habit of inviting his friends to dine with him upon the last enemy he had bagged and that her grandmother's teeth were filed down to points so that they were as sharp as a shark's what is that you have seen about mr richard venner that gives you such a spite against him sophy asked the doctor what i seen bout dick venner she replied fiercely i'll tell you what i seen dick wants to marry our elsie that's what he wants and he don't love her doctor he hates her doctor as bad as i hate him he wants to marry our elsie and live here in the big house and have nothing to do but just lay still and watch massa venner and see how long it'll take him to die and if he don't die fast enough help him some way to die faster come close up to me doctor i want tell you something i told the minister the other day the minister he come down and prayed and talked good he's a good man that doctor honeywood and i told him all about our elsie but he didn't tell nobody what to do to stop all what i've been dreamin about happening come close up to me doctor the doctor drew his chair close up to that of the old woman doctor nobody mustn't never marry our elsie's long she lives nobody must never live with elsie but old sophy and old sophy won't never die as long as elsie's alive to be took care of but i's feared doctor i's greatly feared elsie want to marry somebody there's a young gentleman up at that school where she go so some of em tells me 
and she loves to see him and talk with him and she talks about him when she is asleep sometimes she must never marry nobody doctor if she do he die certain if she has a fancy for the young man up at the school there the doctor said i shouldn't think there would be much danger from dick doctor nobody knew nothin bout elsie but of sophy she no like any other creature that ever drew the breath of life if she can't marry one man cause she love him she marry another man cause she hate him marry a man because she hates him sophy no woman ever did such a thing as that or ever will do it who told you elsie was a woman doctor said old sophy with a flash of strange intelligence in her eyes the doctor's face showed that he was startled the old woman could not know much about elsie that he did not know but what strange superstition had got into her head he was puzzled to guess he had better follow sophie's lead and find out what she meant i should call elsie a woman and a very handsome one he said you don't mean that she has any mark about her except you know under the necklace the old woman resented the thought of any deformity about her darling i didn't say she had nothin but just that you know my beauty have anything ugly she's the beautifulest shaped lady that ever had a shining silk gown drawed over her shoulders only she ain't like no other woman in none of her ways she don't cry and laugh like other women and she hasn't got the same kind of feelings as other women you know that young gentleman up at the school doctor yes sophy i've met him sometimes he's a very nice sort of young man handsome too and i don't much wonder elsie takes to him tell me sophy what do you think would happen if he should chance to fall in love with elsie and she with him and he should marry her put your ear close to my lips doctor dear she whispered a little to the doctor then added aloud he die that's all but surely sophy you ain't afraid to have dick marry her if she would have him for any reason are you he can take care of himself if anybody can doctor sophy answered nobody can take care of hisself that live with elsie nobody never in all this world must live with elsie but old sophy i tell you you don't think i care for dick what do i care if dick venner die he wants to marry our elsie so as to live in the big house and get all the money and all the silver things and all the chests full of linen and beautiful clothes that's what dick wants and he hates elsie cause she don't like him but if he marry elsie she'll make him die some wrong way or other and they'll take her and hang her or he'll get mad with her and choke her oh i know his chokin' tricks he don't leave his keys round for nothin what's that you say sophy tell me what you mean by all that so poor sophy had to explain certain facts not in all respects to her credit she had taken the opportunity of his absence to look about his chamber and having found a key in one of his drawers had applied it to a trunk and finding that it opened the trunk had made a kind of inspection for contraband articles and seeing the end of a leather thong had followed it up until she saw that it finished with a noose which from certain appearances she inferred to have seen service of at least doubtful nature 
an unauthorized search but old sophy considered that a game of life and death was going on in the household and that she was bound to look out for her darling the doctor paused a moment to think over this odd piece of information without sharing sophy's belief as to the kind of use this mischievous-looking piece of property had been put to it was certainly very odd that dick should have such a thing at the bottom of his trunk the doctor remembered reading or hearing something about the lasso and the lariat and the bolas and had an indistinct idea that they had been sometimes used as weapons of warfare or private revenge but that they were essentially a huntsman's implements after all and it was not very strange that this young man had brought one of them with him not strange perhaps but worth noting do you really think dick means mischief to anybody that he has such dangerous-looking things the doctor said presently i tell you doctor dick means to have elsie if he can't get her he never let nobody else have her oh dick's a dark man doctor i know him i member him when he was little boy he always cunning i think he mean mischief to somebody he come home late nights come in softly oh i hear him i lay awake and got sharp ears i hear the cats walkin over the roofs and i hear dick venner when he comes up in his stockin feet as still as a cat i think he mean mischief to somebody i no like his looks these last days is that a very purty gentleman up at the schoolhouse doctor i told you he was good-looking what if he is i should like to see him doctor i should like to see the pretty gentleman that my poor elsie loves she mustn't never marry nobody but oh doctor i should like to see him and just think a little how it would have been if the lord hadn't been so hard on elsie she wept and wrung her hands the kind doctor was touched and left her a moment to her thoughts and how does mr dudley venner take all this he said by way of changing the subject a little oh massa venner he good man but he don't know nothin bout elsie as of sophie do i keep close by her i help her when she go to bed and set by her sometimes when she sleep i come to her in the morning and help her put on her things then in a whisper doctor elsie lets old sophie take off that necklace for her what you think she do if anybody else touch it i don't know i'm sure sophie strike the person perhaps oh yes strike em but not with her hands doctor the old woman's significant pantomime must be guessed at but you haven't told me sophie what mr dudley venner thinks of his nephew nor whether he has any notion that dick wants to marry elsie i tell you massa venner he good man but he no see nothin bout what goes on here in the house he's sort of broken-hearted you know sort of give up don't know what to do with elsie cept say yes yes dick always looks smilin and behave well before him one time i thought massa venner believed dick was going to take elsie but now he don't seem to take much notice he kind of stupid like bout such things it's trouble doctor cause massa venner bright man naturally and he's got a great heap of books i don't think massa venner never been just himself since elsie was born he done all he know how but doctor that wasn't a great deal 
you men folks don't know nothin bout these young gals and if you knowed all the young gals that ever lived you wouldn't know nothin bout our elsie no but sophy what i want to know is whether you think mr venner has any kind of suspicion about his nephew whether he has any notion that he's a dangerous sort of fellow or whether he feels safe to have him about or has even taken a sort of fancy to him lard bless you doctor massa venner no more idea of any mischief bout dick than he has bout you or me you see he very fond of the captain that dick's father and he lives so long alone here long with us that he kind o like to see most anybody that's got any of the family blood in em he hasn't got no more suspicions than a baby you never see such a man in your life i kind o think he don't care for nothin in the world cept just to do what elsie wants him to the first year after young madame die he do nothin but just set at the window and look out at her grave and then come up and look at the baby's neck and say it's fadin sophy ain't it and then go down in the study and walk and walk and then kneel down and pray doctor there was two places in the old carpet that was all threadbare where his knees had worn em and sometimes you remember bout all that he'd go off up into the mountain and be gone all day and kill all the ugly things he could find up there oh doctor i don't like to think of them days and by and by he grew kind of still and begun to read a little and at last he got a quiet as a lamb and that's the way he is now i think he's got religion doctor but he ain't so bright about what's goin on and i don't believe he never suspect nothin till somethin happens for there is somethin goin to happen doctor if the last day doesn't come to stop it and you must tell us what to do and save my poor elsie my baby that the lord hasn't took care of like all his other children the doctor assured the old woman that he was thinking a great deal about them all and that there were other eyes on dick besides her own let her watch him closely about the house and he would keep a lookout elsewhere if there was anything new she must let him know at once send up one of the men-servants and he would come down at a moment's warning there was really nothing definite against the young man but the doctor was sure that he was meditating some evil design or other he rode straight up to the institute there he saw mr bernard and had a brief conversation with him principally on matters relating to his personal interests that evening for some unknown reason mr bernard changed the place of his desk and drew down the shades of his windows late that night mr richard venner drew the charge of a rifle and put the gun back among the fowling pieces swearing that a leather halter was worth a dozen of it End of chapter twenty four